0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? I learned is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. God
0: damn it. How was your, uh, you got pajamas on.
1: Everybody keeps saying that to me today. This is a fit.
0: I mean, and I didn't say it's bad. You know what I mean?
1: I'm like, saying... I got buttons all the way down. It's matching, so it gives this appearance that it's like pajamas. pajama e It's, um it's a set
0: it, but look what's wrong with are you do you get mad that people say it's pajamas? no
1: but i you know when i bought it it didn't cross my mind yeah. but it's crossing everyone else's
0: it's crossing everyone else's mind it's pajamas yeah Pajama. what 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 material is it made out of
1: i don't know i'm not good at silk this it silk? but the pants are not
0: the pants are not who makes it who makes this? Right
1: alice now? and olivia
0: what is that a store It's Allison Olivia. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's like a store where you women's clothing. Women's clothing. Is it like brick and mortar or is it online?
1: Brick and mortar, both. But brick and mortar. So it's both.
0: I don't. I don't know some designers.
1: I mean, this isn't like Rodeo Drive, but you know they've got great women's clothes. Does that
0: go for about five hundred? Five hundred. Five. Does it go for five, six?
1: I, 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 maybe.
0: Is it, it's north of six?
1: No, 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 it's not north of six. It's six. But it's a set. I'm trying to remember, like, what the top so and the pants are. Three, so
0: 300, 300? 300, 300, top, 300, bottom?
1: It's it's probably between five
0: and six. It's, it's six. Can, <laughs> just, I'll look it up. I, Donnie, go to Allison Olivier. This is
2: old. Already doing it. Yeah, Donnie, like,
0: Donnie, Donnie. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie go to twirling. Allison Olivier and see how much Rachel paid for her pajamas.
1: This is, it's probably on sale. This is old.
0: Mm-hmm. You know who I didn't know was making clothes? Who? Victoria Beckham.
1: And why did you find that out? Were you because, shopping for someone?
0: So look, so check <laughs> this out. There is this great guy that Coleco watches. His name is Hot Lamond. Have you seen this guy? No. Hot Lamond on YouTube. This guy is Hot my fr- or hot? Hot. Hot, like hot.
1: Oh, okay, like yeah. hot
0: couture. This guy is my friend. I've never heard anyone talk about fashion and be as fucking compelling as this guy from Hot Le Monde is is on to, he sits down and he talks and it's him, his face, and then there's things that are running behind him, different pictures of people that went to different stuff. He likes probably about 5% of what he sees, but but it's so constructive. Speaking of constructive, we have Soledad O'Brien, the amazing Soledad O'Brien, yes. on the show later. We're going to yes. talk to her about the documentary she's executive producing, The Rebellious Life of Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. Her show, Matter of Fact, that is kicking CNN's ass, <laughs> um, a syndicated show, <laughs> and the State of the News right now. Right. Um, so that's later. But Hot Lamond is the name of it. Have you, you see him?
1: I'm looking at him, but it's wild to me that people have these huge... This huge presence on YouTube, and I've never heard them before. He's
0: the fucking man.
1: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna go down a dark hole later about so
0: him. So, Kalika's watching it. Sometimes we'll be driving somewhere, and I'll be like, yo, put my homie on. I don't know nothing that they're talking about. Like, put my homie on. Put him on. And then, like, he says, wearing Victoria Beckham. I'm like, Victoria Beckham?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, she
0: makes clothes? Mm-hmm. And they're good. And then I get treated like a moron. I get treated moronical. I get treated. Kalika go. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, for years now. <laughs> like, I right, cool, whatever. Who plays off guard for the Trailblazers? <laughs> That's yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Victoria Beckham been making been making clothes. Nice. Who is the winningest coach in NFL history? See, but I get, but I can't do. But I get treated when I don't know fashion because she is a fashion expert. She is. And then, like, she helps me. She, yeah, she watches Hot ha- Lamont <laughs> guy. You, you, you should watch him. He's great. I, you know, here's the
1: thing. I'm not, I'm into fashion, but I'm not like a fashionista. I need help. I need the help of a Kalika to help me with my closet and what to have mm-hmm. and what to wear. Like this, what I'm wearing now is mannequin shopping. I needed an outfit quick. I went into the store. I got it. It fit great and kept it moving.
0: That's yeah. why
1: I don't know a hot Lamont.
0: A hot Lamont. Hot.
1: Hot. 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 How you say that, Donnie? Hot, like hot, hot. You had to
2: write the first name. Hot, hot,
1: hot, hot, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. You hot keep lo- you keep over there googling for this outfit. I'm struggling. Van, did you have a good weekend?
0: I was on the road, man. I'm getting sick of being on the road, man.
1: But you, got, but like you have a beat right now, right? Like you can, t- you're not going to be traveling for a minute.
0: Um. Oh no, you got a show to promote. I got a Yeah, man. Like, I got a, I got a, like a, uh, Hot La Mode, is it? La, hot La Mode. I said Mond.
1: It's okay. I found him.
0: The man. Um, I don't, I, I don't like, I don't, you know, I was, I was in D.C., you know, I was in Atlanta. And I love those cities. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you, D.C. is slightly better than Atlanta than me. I'll be real.
1: Would you like to say why?
0: I just, D.C. better, man. Atlanta, great.
1: Two di- two different vibes.
0: D.C. is good, man. I-, I fuck with D.C. so heavy, man. Like, D.C. is great. D.C., the uh, people in D.C. are still kind of friendly. You know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll get your ass lit the fuck up in D.C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. get clean fucked over. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. But D.C. is just great, man. Like, especially CBC Weekend. You walk around CBC Weekend. Of course. It's like... Dressed up black people everywhere. The thing I, let me tell you what I love about places. I love black people. Shout out to Revolt. I go to Revolt, right? Mm -hmm. I guest hosted Revolt Black News last week. Shout out to to Monique. Shout out to Ali. Shout out to all the people over at Revolt, right? Shout out to everyone, man. I go over, I'm in the Revolt Black News office. I'm getting ready. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to squeeze into my clothes. And I just hear a black lady singing a song. You know that you remind me. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Where the niggas at? <laughs> like being around black people. just It's an all black space. I don't know who they're going to get to go down there and be the permanent host of Reblo- Re- Revolt Black News. But that's such a good job. Just go around there and talk about black, the blackity.
1: Black. Who was hosting
0: it? Uh, they've had Ebony K. Williams. That's They're what Ebony K. Williams is there for a while. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people down there. But shout out to Kennedy. Shout out to Rochelle Ritchie. Uh, shout out to Brie Harmon, who doesn't work at Revolt anymore. but uh, Kennedy. Still, yeah, shout out to all of the people down there making it happen, man. It's fucking great, man. Just like black. Two black-ass cities. Black, black, black.
1: Black. What I love about D.C. is you can go into a bar and... They're like, I'm an attorney. I'm a lobbyist. I'm a politician. I'm. That's impressive to me.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like, I'm. Yeah. I'm in a bar,
0: black people, yeah.
1: and they're talking. And you know, like they're just everybody's doing something. Everybody's a mover and a shaker. Yeah. That's what I like about these things.
0: Mean, I, don't, I you know, I like regular niggas, so I don't have to. I don't like. I don't like ghosts. I love to be, see like, people
1: doing their thing. Doctor,
0: lawyer type of situation. I had just never... You, uh, I had
1: never seen Rachel that Lindsay until Oscar. I went to D.C. I had never seen that. You had never and seen... And I was impressed.
0: Successful Negroes, blacks.
1: Everywhere I turn.
0: That's true. Because like in Atlanta... Because they, they're... because they Because... Well, see... In Baton Rouge, is a mix. Because it's a very black city. Baton Rouge, 55% black.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. 55% okay. 55%. Right.
0: So you go to Baton Rouge and sometimes... It, you... You see it, but you don't see it like you see it in Atlanta and D.C. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Atlanta and D.C. Atlanta, you could be, you could live out both of your dreams, though. Atlanta, you could be (laughs) a doctor and a scammer. You know what I mean? Like, in D.C., you probably, you're in politics, so you might be scamming on accident, right? But in Atlanta, you could be a doctor, but you could, like, scam PP loans on, like, a Sunday. You know, like, you get the bus of both worlds. You get a nigga in the, um... And you go to Atlanta, like, yo, Van, I fuck with you, man. And that dude is iced out, all of this stuff going yeah, yeah. crazy. I'm like, well, what do you do for a living, bro? Yeah, I'm a pediatrician. Oh, shit, nigga. That's Houston, too. I thought you were signed to QC. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 like, I like, you, like, you know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> like, I don't, like,
0: like, I don't, like, I don't, like, it's just Atlanta different. You see guys, they got, you know, they got their jersey number. Like, in a, <laughs> like number thirty two around their neck. I'm like, oh shit, bro, you play for the Hawks? <laughs> nah, man, I work in transportation. This is my high school shit. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I love that.
1: <laughs> well, see, then you did have you had a good time. You just no, ready to be home. I was just ready to be home. I get it. I like, listen. I it, get it. It,
0: it. Love D.C. and Atlanta. Love those places, but you have to understand what happens at the house. Bozeman. Bozeman, the dog, you know, it's just the dog is so loving.
1: He's been coming over and kicking it with us.
0: Yeah, I heard. I heard that. I heard that there was some static. With who? Bozeman and Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. heard, I Brownie. heard. Brownie try to bite Bozeman.
1: He did. He tried to bite his heels. He tried to bite his heels. But you gotta understand, he's a little guy. He's protective. He didn't know Bozeman like that. But yeah. Bozeman and Copper are like thickest thieves. They,
0: yeah, they they cool. Yeah. It's like House of the Dragon. Did you see House of the Dragon yesterday? Oh, my gosh.
1: I'm so into the show. Peep, peep you, have to under, you have to understand. I binged Game of Thrones mm-hmm. all the way up until the last season. Last season, I watched in real time. So this is the first time I am experiencing this franchise Every single week, nice. Brian and I are so into it. Mm-hmm. Peak white mess.
0: Peak white mess. And I love it. Love it. It's so good. I will say, and so that that reminded when the kids were fighting, mm-hmm. you know, that reminded me of kind of Bozeman and Brownie going. Who right was up.
1: who? Who got their? Eye? Oh, spoiler alert! Who got their eyes sliced?
0: You can't do that.
1: Okay, are you are you Rhaenyra you, you, well, or are you or I'm you, or or, or, or
0: look, Allison? Look, which one? Are, which who's look, fighting for who? I, I would say. Really, everybody all fucked up.
1: <laughs>
3: so it don't matter who. You, like, like, like
0: you, you could be Rhaenyra. I'll be Alice, I You the Greens and the Blacks. I'll be the Greens. You could be the Blacks. Everybody's all fucked up. <laughs> but listen, the spoiler alert thing that you just did—you can't. I working in the fandom space. There's so many things that I get my ass kicked on the internet about all the time, right? Still, okay. It comes to the territory. Of but course. But nothing is more serious than spoilers. I don't come from a generation where people care about spoilers. Like with oh. me, you like I remember my, my homeboy Ryan went, shout out Ryan fucking Davenport. My homeboy Ryan went to see Independence Day with some ladies.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
0: couldn't go because I had baseball. Pissed off that they went. But then I was like, fuck, tell me about the movie. And he told me the entire movie. And you were fine. I was cool. Still it went did to see nothing it. Nothing but make me more hyped to go see Independence Day. He told me the beginning, the middle, and the <laughs> end. Of Independence Day, and I still went and saw the movie. Now, if you even tell people that Will Smith is in Independence Day, I don't want to spoil. <laughs> so you can't, you can't do Don. You got to, you got to bleep that out, or else we'll have I say a whole no.
1: Movie. As no, the rule is as long as you say spoiler the alert, rule. then
0: you're free to say anything after that. It's not. I thought that that was the case. The spoiler thing. The show just came out yesterday. Like, don't so press it's, play. It's mad people that still haven't been able to watch it they're gonna be all on our asses but
1: this is my thing you need to stay off the internet you have to stay off twitter i agree with you TikTok. if you haven't seen a show it's fair like if you're asking for it you're asking for it if you log on it's gonna be there it's trending yeah
0: this is house of the dragon I, i have a 48 hour rule if you're a big fan you gotta you got 48 hours or you're not a real fan yeah, or you're not a real fan. Now, hold on. If the movies in theaters, that could be different, because maybe you can't get no, there. No, you know, man, can't get childcare, right? But if you, <laughs> if, the, if it's on TV, 48 hours, you got to be able to have seen it.
1: Yeah, okay. we went out of town to Palm Springs this weekend. Still came home. To you watch went to it. Palm Springs? We did. We went for a wedding. Oh. It was good to get away. You like that? Yeah. What was nice. our,
0: What was the weather like in Palm Springs?
1: Hot. The wedding was at four thirty. Hot outside. White, right? Inley. White people. White people.
0: Yeah, because only they would do something like that. Well,
1: my friend said they were. He goes, "Were they straight?" He's yeah. like, "Only the straights would do that."
0: Yeah. 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 Only yeah. like you have to be white and straight to have a wedding at slavery times. <laughs> like four thirty in the heat, cooking. That's slavery times, cooking. You know what I'm saying? They probably and we
1: were dressed in all black. It was like a black attire, but had to wear black. Oh,
0: they was they fucking with (laughs) y'all. They they they, they're doing I'm really thinking
1: about that. They're fucking with y'all. They're like,
0: oh shit! While we gonna watch the nigga sweat. (laughs) You and Brian sitting back there drinking Gatorade while people getting married up there trying to stay hydrated. Lit. Oh, you got lit up. You drank a lot. Lit. Mm -hmm. It was the heat. Yeah.
1: And the tequila. That's such a good time.
0: Yeah. So you're drinking again, huh?
1: When did I stop? Donnie. Did I stop?
0: Donnie. Remember that show Intervention?
1: (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I do. No, Donnie, enough.
0: Remember that show Intervention saying?
1: (laughs) Enough. That's why you're still over there looking for this
0: outfit. Donnie, you got... See? Donnie, bro. Enough. Find the outfit, dog. Shout out Hot Lamont. I actually stopped. It was hard to, to find. I feel like, uh, Donnie, like was I was taking up too much of my time. Donnie said, I said, fuck that shit. I got other stuff to do. All right. Uh, big deal of the day. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There is something that everybody's talking about. We have a different big deal of the day here. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to have a come-to-Jesus moment with the audience and with Rachel and Donnie. There's been a narrative on this podcast that's been spun about me. <laughs> and this just, narrative I'm
3: not doing this it.
0: narrative, <laughs> has made it difficult for us to lead with what we should actually be leading with. Because when we lead with it, it was brought up by Rachel in the chat. And I said, no, we can't do it. Because Rachel has spent the better part of a year and a half spinning the narrative. See how you put it
1: on me? See how you flipped Donnie, the script?
0: Has Rachel not is spun it, a narrative that I'm obsessed with Kanye West? I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Thank you. That's fine. He knows. That's that's what he But that's you, know what, opting you know
1: what it is. What? We had a big I can't remember what it was, and we had to talk about Kanye, right? Yeah. And then you said, I'm done. Yeah. I'm never gonna talk about it. So you brought this on yourself. And then Kanye kept fucking up. And so we had to keep talking about it. And so then it just became this joke of wait a minute, I thought we weren't supposed to talk about it. But when you do something. Like you just did this weekend, it has to be talked about. And and listen, anybody who's gonna come in, Van, and say Van is obsessed with Kanye, come in me. Okay? I'll take
0: where's, it. Where's Chelsea at? Chelsea. Come in, me. Chelsea, are you back there? Uh, yes, yes. Can Chelsea be heard on the podcast right now? Uh, you want me to come in the room? Come on, yeah, come man. in the room, Chelsea. Come on in. Chelsea's dad is a legend. Have we discussed this? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Black chrysanthemum on, um, on Boba Fett. I've been
2: summoned.
0: Yes, Chelsea, come on, walk into the. Come on, oh Chelsea. Gosh, man, I'm not for yeah, Chelsea, it's like, come on, man. Come on, to Chelsea. Just Chelsea, to Chelsea introduce yourself to the people.
2: I'm Chelsea Stark Jones. <laughs> title, <laughs> title,
3: podcast manager.
0: Podcast manager at the Ringer. It's black over here. <laughs> <laughs> Being that you're the podcast manager, should we lead the show with Kanye West? Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I was surprised it wasn't the big deal of the day.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Somebody vetoed it.
0: I vetoed it because of narratives. Uh, Chelsea, (laughs) everybody, uh, Chelsea is the podcast manager. She is the boss. So she says we have to discuss Kanye West. Mm. We're going to do that on the other side of this break. Your big deal of the day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
2: Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike.
0: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes.
2: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere.
0: Get tickets now. All right. You're a big deal of the day, Kanye West, seen at the Balenciaga show in Paris. With Candace Owens wearing shirts that say White Lives Matter. That is all you really need to know for an intro. Councilor Lindsay, you have the floor.
1: I'm gonna throw it back at you. Who? Because obviously when you wear what when you're Kanye West and you do anything, it's gonna garner attention. Mm-hmm. Big attention. It's gonna be trending. We haven't seen that up
0: oh. I should say. It's. It wasn't the Balenciaga show. It was the Yeezy Season Nine presentation in Paris.
1: Oh, so it was his own show. It
0: was his own show. So I'll go back into this. It wasn't Balenciaga show. I saw him in the Balenciaga. He looked like a transformer. But far be it from me to co- comment on fashion when it comes to him. I'd be wearing this shit every day. But it was the Yeezy Season Nine show where he wore this. So I should say. Sorry about that.
1: Yes. Um. So anything Kanye West does is going to to trend, especially because we haven't seen him as much. He's just now kind of coming back. Uh, full force into media attention. Um but when Kanye West does something controversial, people are very quick to make excuses for it. And this is where I'm gonna throw it back at you. Sure. People always want to say, "Oh, That's just Kanye West genius. Yeah. That's just Kanye West being smarter than all y'all. He's got intention and purpose behind what he's doing. And it's bigger than, than just this. It's bigger than just the white lives matter shirt. It's bigger than Candace Owens standing next to him, wearing a white shirt with black writing. He's wearing the black shirt with white writing They're, you know, side by side, smiling at each other. Obviously you have Candace Owens there. You're making a statement as well. Um, for you, do you look at this as something that is genius slash maybe performative, and that's just Kanye West? Or do you look at this as something that is extremely detrimental to the movement and the
0: culture? Hmm. So I don't think that there is a movement. Okay. Um, I think there was there a was movement. There was a movement. And okay. now we're in between movements. Um, I, I've talked about that. So... Let's So let's run down a list of things here. Mm-hmm. So Kanye West wears a White Lives Matter shirt. You have people that say White Lives Do Matter. Obviously, homeboy of mine said that on Instagram. You heard me uh
1: Yeah, who are you talking? Oh, my can man you say Jack. It? Yeah. Oh, my okay. man Jack.
0: Jack doesn't care. Me and Jack were uh talking about that when um when I got here. Uh so there's two parts. Oh, well, what is he, is he being for is Isn't he, isn't what he's saying true? White lives do matter. Boom. The second part is he's just trolling. Uh, he's just using this as performance art. He's just using this to draw attention to himself. Okay, so let's say that that's true. Okay. Let's say that Kanye West doesn't really mean what he's saying. And he's using it to draw attention to either the Yeezy Season 9 launch or himself himself. In general, let's say that that's true.
1: Mm-hmm. But he doesn't
0: really believe that in his heart. Okay. If that is the case, that's 150,000 times worse. Mm. So I just want people to understand what that would be saying. If, in fact, Kanye West, because let's let, let's look at what the white lives matter situation means. And I talked about this on Instagram, but I'll say it again. No one is saying that the average white life or the white life or a white life of a white person doesn't matter. Right. No one is saying that. Nobody is saying that whatsoever. Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with the individual life. Black Lives Matter, not the organization that you guys can have your own critiques and your own opinions about. The slogan Black Lives Matter is an affirmation. It's a revolutionary affirmation um, in terms of our station here in America. It's saying, hey we matter. You have to consider us before you kill us. You have to consider us before you legislate to us. You have to consider us before you speak about us. You have to consider us before you portray us. We matter. Mm -hmm. And the history in the United States is obviously at cross purposes to that. We've had no um, control over really how we were legislated to. We've had no control over the environmental conditions in our community. We haven't had no control over Our lives or the pursuit of our happiness. And we've had no control over our economic conditions like we haven't mattered because we've always always been dictated to. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So Black Lives Matter to me wasn't just about uh, police killings. It was about like establishing the fact that we have a voice and we have power and we have agency in this in this country as well. So when people say white lives matter, what they're attempting to do, in my opinion, is to recenter white people in that conversation It's to say that you don't get to have this conversation with America. You don't get to have this dialogue with America because you can't have a dialogue in America. Black people that doesn't involve you navigating around white people. You have you can't talk to someone. Right. We have to talk around somebody always. Black Lives Matter might not even be a, like a statement that's a conversation between black people and white America. That's a conversation that could be between black people and other black people mm-hmm. to make them believe that we matter, to instill pride that we matter and make you go to the mattresses about the fact that you do matter. So when you say white lives matter, what you're attempting to do is essentially white supremacist because you're depowering this other me- message. You're saying, hey, it's not about you. It's about us and not, this is not even all lives matter. So let's make a distinction here. All lives matter is, is subversive in the same way, but at least it's saying, Hey, you matter and we matter too. It's subversive in the same way. Don't get me wrong, but this is white lives matter. Mm -hmm. This is the flip side. To black lives matter. This is forget about you guys. This is not a part. You're not a part of the conversation we're having right now. We want to move this conversation back to white people. My point, even when I was talking about the Bill Maher thing, is whenever Black people have had the conversation about themselves, America has always found a way to recenter white people, to recenter the people in their country, in their society, mm-hmm. who they feel actually do matter. Right? right? All right. So that's the shirt that Kanye West is wearing. Let's say he's wearing that shirt in some kaufman esque sort of expression of weirdness that doesn't really have to do with the sentiment that has to do with uh, making people pay attention to him and being subversive and you know being avant-garde. What you're doing is you're fucking with black people's emotions. You're hurting black people for your entertainment and attention. There's nothing whiter than that. That's the huh. peak of whiteness. Manipulating the emotions of black people, manipulating their fear, yeah. manipulating their rage, manipulating their animus, Manipulating them for the sole fact of making people pay attention to you, either to sell somebody something, which all of this is in the name of commerce, is at a Yeezy Season 9 event, right? Either to sell them some, uh, something or to distract them away from something. It's literally the whitest thing you can do and is emblematic of the emotional and media terrorism that black people have endured since they've been in this country. So, I would actually have preferred that he actually meant this. So people for people who saying he don't he doesn't mean this, I'd actually prefer that he does. I'd actually prefer that he's like, "Hey, I feel like we live in a world be- where white people aren't getting enough attention." Cuz if if that's the case, he's just stupid. But if he's doing this purposefully to antagonize purposefully for attention, purposefully to troll black people, then Kanye West isn't stupid. He's evil. Mm. It's an evil thing to do for no reason on a Monday for niggas to have to wake up fucking mad. And how much of it are we going to take?
1: Everything you said is true. I, I don't care if it's genius or performative because I do feel like it's detrimental period. I think that you wearing a white lives matter shirt is extremely triggering to black people. And to add to that, having Candace Owens stand by your side tells me everything that I need to know. It goes beyond him saying, oh, this is because my next question is, is he selling these shirts? They were wearing them. Do we know this? I don't know. He's wearing them. People were wearing them in the fashion show. He's wearing them. She's wearing them. Are you trying to sell this? That's even worse to me because And then the the reason I use the word triggering, which is such a strong word, is because of everything that you just said and what it means when you wear that shirt. But then you have this isn't the first time that he's said something that is extremely problematic and hurts the very people that you look like. So when you do something like this, you you put us down and you're empowering a whole nother sector of society that really does feel like white lives matter. And when someone like Kanye West is wearing the shirt, you excuse that type of thought. Mm. That's the scariest thing to me, because now people are going to look at this and say, oh, well, Kanye West said white lives matter. Then what, you know, black lives matter, white lives matter. Like, obviously, white lives do matter. If someone like Kanye West, you know what I'm saying? That's that to me is. especially where we are right now in our society him wearing the white lives matter shirt is extremely purposeful and it is intentional and to do it where we are right now in our society i think says everything that we need to know about kanye and i will go ahead and say i do think he's evil you how many times is he going to do stuff that's triggering and problematic to black people and you continue to excuse it at not you but just in general excuse it as oh it's something else no after a while you have to start believing that this is exactly who this person is i don't care what the purpose is behind it what you're doing is extremely damaging to black people and it, it, it if it's gonna put us down and empower them i don't understand how else to look at it
0: yeah so i I think that this is probably more nuisance than it is damaging to me. I think Kanye West is becoming a pest.
1: That's beyond that to me.
0: I I think that we I understand what you're saying. Um, a pest to who? A pest to fuck niggas like me. He's a pest. It's like oh Jesus Christ. Like this motherfucker again. You know. I think I think he's becoming a pest. I. This is very. There's there's. When we talk about things that are that are dangerous, I, I do believe it is the concept. Conceptually, it is dangerous. It is evil, right? But I think it's probably less dangerous because I think he's such a buffoon-type character that not many serious people take him seriously. I think hearing, having to hear what people on the right or specific young white kids who don't fucking have a clue about these things with young black kids either. I think it's probably more of a nuisance than it is something that's actually dangerous. I think uh, when he was getting involved with the Trump thing and all of that stuff, that was actually dangerous because Donald Trump has the ability to make uh, an impact on so many people's lives and to run America into the ground because he was the president. So I think that that was actually dangerous. I think a lot of these antics now are just, they just show to me that he doesn't really have a real connection with the black community. He is disconnected. When I say the black community, I mean the, not so much the large diaspora of thought that represents blackness. I'm saying the, the average black person that I know don't want to hear no white lives matter shit. Sure. And and maybe there is a whole contingent of niggas somewhere that when we're talking about what we need, go, Hey shit, but what about white people? We got to consider them. You know what I'm saying? I
1: think there's a lot of younger people who are like
0: that. Uh, Well, I I don't know those younger people. Maybe either I'm an old, old, old nigga or I'm just not in the Uncle Tom section of pavilions and Ralphs. But but what I will say is that I, I just don't know when we start letting people fuck with us like this. Like we, parts of black America are in a Tristan Thompson, Khloe Kardashian relationship with Kanye West to where... This nigga keeps doing the same shit over and over and over again. And you just keep hoping that he changes or hoping that he, you get the old one back. But just like Chloe said, like she was cheated on so much that she said it was fucking with her brain. Look at you. And and to me, and, and to me, I think that Kanye West is abusing black people for the sake of attention, for the sake of profit. And he's, fucking with some of our collective psyche. He's making us litigate things that we already know. And he's making us have pointless conversations like the one we're having right now. Is
1: it pointless though? If there are going to be, if you if we see a bunch of people wearing season nine, Yeezy, white lives matter. Is he just fucking with us? If, I mean, when you say a pest, a pest to me is Lil Wayne saying, acting like he doesn't know what black lives matter is. And is like, well, why would we say, like, have you seen how much money I make? Or Ray J taking a picture with Trump, or you know what I mean? Like, that's pest behavior to, to me. Sorry, it. it's true. I saw it, it's factual. It's factual.
0: It's factual. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: pest behavior to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What Kanye has done has been it has happened over an abusive relationship, as you just said it's over and over and over again. there is intention behind it, whatever your intention is, knowing and you know what's going to be on the other side of it. you know how black people are going to react to it. You know how harmful and hurtful it is to black people, especially people who who do have hope that one day he's going to be different and one day he's going to change, and then you do something like this with mm. Candace Owen standing right next to you. Yeah for profit for yeah. for gain like you're 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 putting down black people to make your to for profit for yourself how is that not evil
0: he's triggering people emotionally black people black people emotionally for the sake of his own personal wealth that's evil it is evil i said before it's evil Time will tell how consequential it is how much this actually matters that's all I'm saying when I what when I, when I would like to do more than anything because I understand this what I'm trying to say is I would like us to break free from caring and we've tried to do that on this podcast and we failed it we failed the podcast
1: and again. I and I'm at fault because I like, want I want to bring it up and I want to talk you're right, about it
0: but I you but it's not your fault we have to talk about it right mm-hmm. that's what that's it's our job I would like us to break from free guys he's gone and not only is he's gone but he been gone this is not the first time we've had to do this this is not the first time we've had to let somebody go we've let plenty of people go we've let them go just let them go you he's know what gone.
1: you know what i think gives people hope is between this moment When he left social media, when he went to rehab, Mm -hmm. I believe that's where he went, to now, in between, he was saying a lot of stuff that sounded pro-black.
0: What, when he was in the fight with Adidas? What was he saying? No, he
1: was when he was talking, when he was like posting pictures of people and he didn't want his kids to have a certain education. And he was talking about, you know, like Kim and the family and everything he was saying was like about blackness. I'm not saying I agree with this. I just think that there's some people who are like, okay, he's come back. You know, he's pro black. He wants his children to make sure his children don't get don't lose their blackness and and what they're doing. That's the kind of message he was putting out. And then he does this. Yeah. And that's why I think it messes with people. But
0: Look, um, you know, you guys get robust on this. Talk Talk your shit. You guys, like, think about it. But really, try to divorce. The hardest thing to do is try to divorce emotion from what it is that Yeezy does. He's fucking with us either, either he's stupid or evil. We don't have time for either. We don't. True. And... To your point, I'm not going to say that it's not dangerous. I'm not going to say that. You're you, you're actually, you have a point there. But I'm going to say, we've known that it's been it's been dangerous for years. It's been four years since he came to TMZ. I know. It's been, it, it, we we have to, it's been four years since he, since he's come to TMZ. He's gone. White Lives Matter. He's gone. At Harry, uh, Harriet Tubman. Like, it's been four sure years since that. Harriet. You know what I mean? You forgot about the Harriet Tubman thing. It's just like, we, it's. Our, by the I, way, this is yay. Don't blame all, don't do the thing where you hit up fucking people around yay and go, yo, is this your friend? Because I know firsthand that the people around Kanye West feel as powerless as a lot of people in the culture. It's somebody that they've known for a long time, somebody that they've tried to be around, it's somebody that they've tried to talk to, they don't want to let them go completely, but they don't condone the things i know people around him man i know people in oh the i circle. know you do I and know so you do. I, I, I i would hate for them to be blamed because
1: no this is you gotta he's gotta take responsibility for himself this is all on kanye it's
0: crazy <laughs> all right Rach, what you want to talk about next
1: well i know you want to talk about tori
0: yeah Tory was almost
1: the big deal of the day
0: it was almost the big deal of the day look the, the Tory lanes is fucking back
1: oh okay lebron
0: I, I, look, well, it, it's not me making is the he decision. Back?
1: He just had an album last year. He ain't gone anywhere. Sadly, he's like
0: no. That's not in what I mean. Knees. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that Tory Lanez, whatever whatever cloud that was hanging over Tory Lanez from the Meg thing, is obviously over because look, to, the thing that happened with Tory Lanez was that because of the allegations made by Made the Stallion, and we should say that Tory Lanez is still awaiting trial. Yeah. Under allegations that he shot a black lady. Okay? Yes. She has not backed off her story. Right. Meg The Stallion, not once, Mm-mm. that she was shot by Tory Lanez
3: mm-hmm.
0: after a wild night in LA during the pandemic.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So after that happened and she made that accusation, the penalty that Tory Lanez uh, had to go through wasn't so much the legal penalty because we haven't gotten there yet it was a social penalty it's been 50 50 well at first it wasn't at first in the months and weeks right after that you could not have been someone with a large platform going yo i'm still fucking with tory lanes like you couldn't have done with a
1: large platform sure
0: yeah i'm not talking about the guys on twitter that got you know
1: because it was 50 50 then
0: pictures of donatello from the ninja turtles in a koofy as their avi like, i'm not like i'm not talking about them i'm saying that like pe- most people that were big mainstream stars w- didn't want to be next to tory lanes that's gone
1: oh that only lasted a few weeks among. oh
0: i think it lasted what may, longer than that rachel
1: when did he do this this was last year when did he
0: when did he allegedly shoot her last year no this is 2020 was it twenty twenty? Yeah, we were okay, locked two down years, two don't years go, ago. No, don't go to nobody's house. Remember? That's
1: right, because they shouldn't have even been at her at yeah, Kylie's house. Yeah, two years ago. Gosh, I can't believe it's been two years. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it was that long. I I think my issue, well, one of my no, issues Rachel, with when Tori. When that
0: happened, I wasn't fat. Okay, that's been a while, man. Cupcakes not... take time to build up. Hostess cakes. Hostess cakes, they taste so good when they bake. Hostess cakes. Is this a real song? I made it up when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say when you were a
0: kid. <laughs> I made it up when I was like nine. Like, and you still
3: remember it. Yeah, well,
0: my mom used to buy hostess cakes and she would bring them into the house and I would sing a little hostess cake. Which cakes ones? Like, oh man, I used to love them. little Debbie's the chocolate with the little... With the... the. No, well, the little debbies is different. The hostess, but you know the little cupcakes? With the little thing on top of them, you feel me? The chocolate one. Oh, man, I used to fuck them up. I tried Mm -hmm. to eat one maybe like a month ago. Fucking tastes terrible. What (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) They were good. They they were were, good. But you were saying
1: that. What was I saying? I just feel like it really wasn't that long that people started to wait to endorse Mm. or... Collaborate with Mm -hmm. or hang out with Tory Lanez. Mm. I think I just personally from and and maybe I just I forgot. I remember on on social media, the discourse being 50 50 because we talked about it. We talked about it a lot on this podcast, how it was just so interesting and probably not that shocking that people really seem to question Meg in this situation And really wanted to give Tory Lanez the benefit of the doubt. There was a huge, and still is, and it seems now to me, people are really acting like it didn't happen. I understand that we have short-term memory when it comes to big news and and big stories that happen in the media. But the fact that he pulled out his gun, allegedly, and shot at her multiple times, allegedly, and and she suffered an injury and had to have surgery... I just don't understand how people have really moved on from that. I'm not saying people have to publicly bash him, but I don't understand going out of your way to publicly support him when there is a woman who is claiming this. And she, she's not alone in an assault story when it comes to him. Mm-hmm. That's what shocks me. And people still want to applaud him because they believe he's putting out good music.
0: Um. So I want, Donnie, I want, a new drop. Whenever I play Devil's Advocate, like something somebody saying, "Ha ha ha, Satan!" Or me
3: my. <laughs> like, when I, so when I play Devil's
0: something Advocate, devilish. I, something devilish. Yeah. Something devilish. Give me something devilish when I play Devil's Advocate because I'm about to. Can you dig it? <laughs> so, so this is what I've seen in the last <laughs> sixty days or whatever. When it comes to Tory Lane, I've seen Tory Lanes on a live with Diddy. I've seen Tory Lanes get what is tantamount to an endorsement from LeBron James, a major mainstream star. I've seen Kit Cuddy, Kit Cuddy, who is the kittiest of Cuddies, someone who is absolutely always normally on the right side of things, come out and say, um, you know, fuck with Tory Lanez. Great. I appreciate Tory. They had a little back and forth on Twitter. And I've just seen a bunch of different people. It's seemingly, of course, major 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 supporter of black people um one of the strongest black women in the industry, Iggy Azalea, she actually stayed st- what she was out hanging out partying with Tory Lanes. you know what I mean so I, 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 <laughs> I've seen a lot of people kind of and it made me think, are these people saying that it makes more sense? in order to put some guardrails on this to wait until the legal adjudication of Tory Lanez has happened to then decide whether or not you're still going to support him. Being that is the is the response to, to him people saying that, hey, we understand that Meg, is this, isn't it acceptable to you? Isn't it acceptable uh, position to say, hey, we understand what Meg is saying. We take it seriously what Meg is saying. He is saying it did not happen that way. There's back and forth between them. Is it acceptable to you to say, hey, I'm going to wait until this plays itself out in court? And based upon how this plays out in court, that's how I'm going to make my decision on the future of my fandom or appreciation of Tory Lanez. Devil's advocate right there. What do you think about people who might be feeling that way?
1: I think you can feel that way. And not go out of your way to support him. Mm. So if you... I think that feeling, every the way you just explained that is totally justified. You can wait for it to, we do it all the time. We wait for the legal system to do its thing, to run its course. But that doesn't mean that you have to go on lives, play the music, their music on your social media and talk about how they don't miss, which was a poor choice of words. No shit, we know he doesn't miss. He shot this woman, allegedly, in the foot twice. Like You don't have to do all of that. I I would be so upset if you were my man and you were playing Tory Lanez like that, because there is this black woman out there who is claiming these things that he allegedly did and has not, you know, has really been emotional about it, has talked about it. You know, she did the interview with Gail, but not being super messy about it. I feel like she's explained why she tried to protect him, which was really powerful and meant a lot to how, you know, as black women, this is what we feel like we need to do. She didn't want to see still even at the end of the day after he shot her, she's still claiming she didn't want him to get into a worse situation with the police. She was scared for him as a black man. But ultimately, you know, she needed to tell her side of the story. I just don't understand how, to me, when you align yourself with someone who has these type of accusations against them, to me, you're also sending out a statement towards Megan Thee Stallion. That's that's just how I see it. Mm. I can't separate the two because it's not like they got into an argument. It's not like they had a bad breakup and you're picking sides. The allegations are huge when it comes to this. And so if he is found guilty, then what? Now you're just going to—see, th- this is why I don't think it will change how people are. If he is found guilty, I think people will continue in the exact same way they wow, are. Wow, really you do? I really do. Yeah. I really Even do. Even someone
0: like a LeBron James. Yeah. So you think that if Tory Lanez is 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 found guilty of shooting Megan Thee Stallion— Once think that he LeBron- serves
1: the time, I think people will just be totally—he fi- served his time. Hmm or whatever his punishment is. Maybe he doesn't get time. Maybe he's on probation. Okay, the court made its decision. I really do. I think if you're going to if you're going to support it now, I think you'll support it then. I think people just it's very Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? People want to forget it because he's a famous person or he puts out good music or you think he's funny. It's just a Hollywood move to me.
0: You know part of this is also is that there's a human thing to Worship talent, that's a human thing, right? Oh, my God, this person did all of these things, but Jesus Christ, they could write an amazing sonata that made me feel in this real world. <laughs> Not a sonata. A yes, sonata, <laughs> um, But there's, that's on steroids sometimes when it comes to us. Like, black people, or at least let me talk about my, my community, my family, like when I was growing up somebody's talent was such an important um, part of their humanity. Like what you could do. I remember hearing about uncles that like, it's like, yo, this guy did this, this guy did that, this guy did this. But let me tell you something, man. If you put a pencil in that boy's hand, you should see what he could do with that pencil. Like could nobody draw, I learned Mm -hmm. about people through descriptions of their talents and also and, and oftentimes descriptions of their wasted talent right mm-hmm. you'd mm-hmm. hear somebody be like oh he was dead before you uh, uh, before you were born and like the first thing you would, you would say about him is, man he could drive man I tell you what I seen him do all kinds of crap and that's how I would learn through people by like legends of like what it was that they could do the first thing I could learn I learned about my father from all of his brothers and stuff was that he was a fucking amazing athlete right mm-hmm. and the fact that my dad was talented in those things, like really was the building block of our relationship in a way. I didn't learn learn about my father's trauma and other things about him till much later on. I learned about what he could do on the football field and what he could do on the baseball field. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that because a lot of times white America has valued us based upon our talents like, even if you watch Roots, like, you know, you you see, hey, I'm just saying, man, you, you look back at slavery, it it was like it took a specially talented black person mm-hmm. to catch the eye of white people. In Django, even in Django, if you go back and look, look at it, he goes, there is that one nigga in 10, that one nigga in 10,000, that one nigga in a million that can do all of this different stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That didn't get made up. They really felt that way. Most black people fucking suck, but there's an Eddie, there's a Sammy, there's a Michael Jackson, there's a Lena Horne, there's all of these people that are a credit to their race, as they used sure, to say. Sure,
1: they're the exception.
0: They're the exception. So I think what we've started to do is we've started to sort of kind of look at things like that. We've sort of kind of decide to say that yo man this person is all fucked up this person is all fucked up this person is all messed up but look at what they can do they're not completely devoid of humanity look what they can add look what they can bring and for a long time we fought for those people we fought for them because like they'll fuck up and there will be fuck ups that we can understand sure. and we still need to come them to come back i think
1: that is not Tory.
0: I'm not saying that it's true.
1: But what you're saying is true. What,
0: I, what, I, what I'm saying is that I think it's a notion we have to let go of. True. We have to peopleize people. Yes. And some and really, not glorify. And some really talented people are going to make incredibly bad decisions. And some people who are not especially talented are going to do grandiose, amazing things. Because all of that's subjective anyway. So, you know... People that have that that want to wait and see uh, on Tory Lanez—that's their prerogative. People that say, "Hey, Tory Lanez shot Megan," and I believe Megan—that's their prerogative too. But you are making a choice. Yes, you are. You and are. I just want to make sure everybody understands. I choose. I understand that it. it might not be true. There could be something. Something could be mistake. I choose to believe Megan Thee Stallion. I choose yep. to believe her. But understand, it is a choice like lebron oh, james lebron james and the rest they made it they made a choice to say hey it doesn't i don't think he did this uh whatever whatever i fuck with his music boom that endorsement, that endorsement that's a choice
1: yes it is a bad choice i might add uh what you were saying about glorifying people totally kanye west the yeah. way we glorify people in the culture totally kanye um also just to know tori lane's Let's not forget he is under investigation right now for an alleged assault on August Alsina. August Alsina? Let's yeah, August Alsina. D- Dapgate. August, Dapgate. Yeah, August yeah. Alsina apparently walked past uh Tory Lanez at a ba- at the back of a uh concert. It was a concert. It was a concert? Yeah. Back of a concert, walked past him, Tory Lanez got mad, followed him outside allegedly punched him uh august alcina posted pictures in an elevator with blood dripping from his lip looks like something else was going on with his face and he has publicly said that Tory Lanez assaulted him
0: beat him up beat so, him up because he didn't give him the dap so we'll
1: he's see. got this i'm seeing a pattern i'm seeing a pattern
0: yeah um all right so next we so told you guys we're gonna bring you sold dad o'brien um Soledad O'Brien has done amazing, amazing things. She's always done amazing things. One of the latest amazing things that she's done is the, being an executive producer of the documentary, The Rebellious Life of Rosa Parks. We talked to Soledad about this amazing documentary. We talked to her about her career in media. We talked to her about media sources that you should be able to trust and how she gets her news. Um, on the other side of this break, we'll talk to her.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life, with premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
2: This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply.
0: You guys, we are blessed right now. This is one of my media heroes that we have joining us on the show next here. Uh, Emmy and Peabody award-winning broadcast journalist and executive producer, Soledad O'Brien, what a get by the mm. talent bookers. Give it up for Soledad <laughs> O'Brien.
3: Oh, we have a, so sweet.
0: Like, Thank a, you. like a, a top tier <laughs> person on the podcast. It's amazing. Soledad, so happy that you could join us. You um, are the executive producer of a fantastic documentary, The Rebellious Life of Miss Rosa Parks. Um, I've seen this. I was amazed at it. What made you decide to delve into a life that in many ways is so familiar to us? We think we know the story of Rosa Parks. But then I realized I really don't like what jumped out uh, uh, about her life story to you.
2: Yeah. The documentary is based on a book by the same name uh, Mm -hmm. by a woman named Jean Theoharis. And um, Jean is a a professor and she's done a ton of research and she started tweeting about kind of all the things that people don't know about Rosa Parks. And she was going back and forth with a woman who would become one of our directors, Johanna Hamilton. And Johanna was, you know, would say there were all these things like, She considers herself a well-read, thoughtful person, all these things she just didn't know about Rosa Parks. And we knew it was an interesting um, concept when uh, Johanna, our director, and um, Yoruba Richin, as well, uh, our other director, uh, came to us with this project because there was just so many things that we all thought we knew about Rosa Parks when actually there was a lot we didn't know. And I was kind of interested in the why? Why is everyone so comfortable with this take on a woman in this one little snapshot, right? If you ask anybody, whether it's a child or an adult, they'll say, you know, she was just one day, she was tired and she just didn't want to get out of her seat, Yeah. you know, and she, she wouldn't give up her seat on the bus. And you think like her her value to the civil rights movement is from this to this, when, when in actuality, Rosa Parks was a complete. Badass. I mean, she literally was an, an, an activist, uh, a, a, a hardcore activist. I mean, this is a woman who, who was supportive of the Black Panthers and of Malcolm X as much as uh, a Dr. King, and, and she believed, you know, by any means necessary meant by every means necessary, and so she was very open to try to end what she had experienced her entire life, which was white supremacy and a lot of violence starting from the time that she was you know, raised by her, her grandparents. So we were very interested in not only what was her life like then, uh, but also why is it so comfortable for people to believe that civil rights, you know, the accidental narrative? Like one day I was just sitting on a bus and all of a sudden, yeah. You know, This major litigation just sprouted out of me being tired after a day of work. She would say of that day, I was tired, but no more tired than I am any day of work. You know, I was tired of being treated badly. Mm. And, you know, really, she was just sick and tired of how Black people were continuously and consistently and systematically discriminated against in America And so, you know, that's what made her sick. Not my feet hurt, which I think is the narrative that we get. Mm. One thing that Van forgot to mention when he was
1: introducing you is that you are also a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, which I just had to point out, Soror. How did you miss that, Van? Come on, man. He's a hater.
0: I'm very sorry about that.
1: Obviously. I'm very
0: sorry. (laughs) Uh,
1: Rosa Parks is somebody... We find I think one of our black historical figures that we're so fascinated with, but we don't know, as you just spelled out a lot about her in doing your research and putting this all together. What is it that you found the most fascinating about Rosa Parks?
2: So at one point you learned that uh, Rosa Parks, one of her jobs as as secretary of the NAACP is to go and capture stories of people uh, who've been. Who have complaints in some cases, very, you know, lots of violence that they're experiencing. And there's a woman named Recy Taylor, who is a Black woman who is raped by three white men. And uh, they tell her, if you tell anybody, we will kill you. And Rosa Parks gets on a bus and goes out to visit her in kind of a rural place, quite a distance, and sits down with Recy to capture her narrative. And I found this so moving because, first of all, I think as a journalist, like it's kind of what you do. You know, Recy Taylor knows there's no chance at all that these men will get that she's going to get justice. Not going to happen. Right. Like, realistically, Um, Rosa Parks is there taking down her story of what happened to her, also knowing never going to see justice. And yet they do it because. The facts of the case matter, like Recy Taylor's story matters, even if she's not going to get justice today or maybe not in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, eventually people will. under. You know, I, I just it was just so moving to me to this idea of like we're going to capture your story because the truth of what has happened actually matters. It does matter. And um, I just I got very emotional about that. So that was one thing. And then I think the second thing, which I think was true for a lot of the women who worked in the civil rights movement, their contributions were literally never really considered. Um, Even those who worked very much in support and then those who were very much out front. Someone like Rosa Parks, you know, she never worked again after the Montgomery bus boycott. You know, we don't tell that part of the story. As a kid, I never heard that part of the story. Right. I heard She sat, she was tired, then there was a boycott, then some legal stuff happened, and then racism was solved. You know, but you don't hear, actually, she could never find employment again, nor her husband. And one year they submitted a a tax claim for just under $700. You know, this idea, like the cost to Rosa Parks was so high, but we never talk about that at all. And as much as people were making money, giving speeches, et cetera, et cetera, She wasn't getting any of that money. So I think both of those things really point Mm. to a woman who had a ton of courage. I mean, how do you sit down and say, no, your story matters. Tell me what happened next. Tell me what happened next. Tell me what happened next, right? When everybody knows those guys aren't going to get any penalty, there'll be no justice in that case. And yet that's what she always fought for. Like, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, but it matters. And so we're going to go ahead and do this. I just find that I find that 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 to me speaks so much to this woman who's just hardcore. Hmm. Yeah.
0: You, you mentioned, and that, that was going to be my next question. You mentioned how the contributions of women uh, from the civil rights and black power eras aren't sometimes centered or uh, prioritized or discussed by us in any way. Like if you start naming names, you'd make Evers, Bayard Rustin, Stokely Carmichael, uh, Malcolm X, Dr. King, but like Ella Baker and Fannie Lou Hammer and Rosa Parks and so many other women, um, it seemed like we skipped their chapter in history. How important is it for us now um, that a lot of these people have transitioned into becoming ancestors? How important is it for us to tell these stories and really contextualize uh, a lot of women's contributions to that, to that era? Um. In a real uh, sort of <laughs> like in a realistic way, how important is it for us to tell their stories?
2: Yeah, it's, it's crucial. I mean, partly as a reporter, I just think the truth matters, right? Like yeah. what happened? What factually happened? Who was there? Who did what? That's what I always want to know. But certainly I think the narrative around this like accidental activism <laughs> is just bs and it needs to be nipped in the bud right that that activism is hard and intentional and strategic and takes decades right we learn through this doc that rosa parks was literally working for years and years decades before the montgomery bus boycott right that that this was something that actually took a lot of time and a lot of effort and also you know you learn a lot about hypocrisy the day they were laying rosa parks uh, to to rest you know, there was this big line in the in the capital of people who are coming to pay their respects. That was the same day the Supreme Court was working to overturn <laughs> voting rights. Mm. You know, like the, the day that the people were saying the nicest things about Rosa Parks with their left hand, with their right hand, they were literally undermining the very work that she did. And so I think there's a lot of just brutal honesty in, in Rosa Parks's work and what she believed in and what she stood for. And I, I guess I've always just been like, no, I, I want the the brutal honesty. I, I want to understand really what happened and who was there and who did what. I think that that's really important. Mm. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I, you know, going to
1: PWIs my entire life, there were only a certain number of black historical figures that we learned about. And it always seemed to be the unproblematic or the accidental, as you said, black figures. Rosa Parks we learned about, but like you said, it was, oh, she just was tired and she was sitting on a on the bus. We've talked like about it. grandma. She was someone's grandma who just got tired yeah. one. Yeah. And we talked about this on the podcast about how um Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and how we kind of the, the story is retold in a in a where he's just this nice man who was just, you know, it wasn't the, the depths of it. And I feel there's a statement by you saying the rebellious life of, of Rosa Parks, or, I mean, the book and now, you know, this, the, the documentary, can you talk a little bit about why that is? Like, why do, yeah. wh- why do we do
2: that? Not us, but you know. Us, right. Not us, but <laughs> us. Right. Um, I, I think it's intentional in a lot of ways. I think we try, we as a whole, as people try to make it palatable. I'm I'm not sure George Bush would be honoring Rosa Parks, if what was front and center was her work with the Black Panthers mm. mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident that she would not have gotten all the accolades she got from the various um, schools where she won honorary degrees and she got a lot yeah uh, if it was all about, well, you know, she was tight with Malcolm X like I think I think we we as a whole like this very sanitized version, especially when it comes to rebels. And I think especially when it comes to women. And so what, what I always thought was interesting was that was never her strategy, right? She wasn't a person who's like, listen, I'm meeting with the Black Panthers on the sly. Don't tell anybody. She was through her entire life a, 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 a very hardcore activist. And, and however people took her, um, you know, that was sort of their problem, what they yeah. didn't understand. And so I, I really love that about her. There's a great part in the doc where the students are looking for her to to help them with a project that they're doing. And they're kind of like Rosa Parks. Well, you know, we'll never get Rosa Parks. She's just been part of this massive boycott. Like she's this famous revered figure. And of course she's like, Oh yes, absolutely. This is important too, because that's what she was about. She was about doing the work. So, you know, I, I think partly it's news organizations, right? We like a very, nuance doesn't translate well right complication doesn't translate well even though everybody we know is nuanced and complicated mm. right the idea yeah. that Rosa parks like dr king and like malcolm x i think for a lot of people they'd be like i can't wrap my head around that. but i actually know that that was true for a lot of black people in the civil rights era right that that they didn't have to choose they understood they were trying to get to a goal and and i, I sometimes believe that news is like no, no no it has to be what is the clear arc What is the single hero story? It went from this to this to this. Heroes should be perfect. They should be easy. They should be grandmas if they're women. You know, they should cause no problems. And look, then it ends like this and it all resolves. Mm -hmm. When the reality of human beings is much more messy and much more, you know, just more, more complicated than that. So I think all of us news media and everybody else they they like that narrative they like a nice easy narrative and it's it's an easy sell and you know what I always thought was very interesting was Claudette Colvin who was really the first person to sit on the bus right she was this yeah. teenage girl as you mm-hmm. know um the interesting thing to me was that I never knew that she actually worked with Rosa Parks yeah. mm-hmm. they knew each other <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: It was so fascinating. I, I mean, I knew that she had been first and often she was left out of history in a lot of ways. But but, that you know, she was a, a student, a protege of Rosa Parks made a lot of sense to me. Right. That there was this real network of people who were trying to make change. And I, I just think the facts of the case are always important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pivot really quickly because you were such a. A reliable and remain such a reliable voice in the news for so long, such a straight shooter,
2: like such dead. A, a, like a, th- such, a no, su- such a God rest her soul, <laughs>
0: <laughs> such a trusted news source. No, I just always knew that I could count well, um, you. on you to give straight, unvarnished, um, real news. Now. That is not the case as much as it used to be. So that people are changed
2: a lot. People are confused. The business has changed.
0: If you were to recommend one source out there for people to be able to go to that source and get news that is nourishing, that is as unslanted and unbiased as possible. Is there a place right now where people can go and get real informative smart human being making news so my
2: answer may not make you happy but i like to watch everything like i love roland martin he's got a great show it's mm. really important and really good but i also feel like but you also need to know what's happening in the new york times i have friends who are like i'm done subscribing from the new york times well don't you should know what they're reporting on and you should know the mistakes they're making and the things they get right uh, washington post watching every cable t- i watch everything you I
0: watch, watch fox every- news
2: I do, only because some of that stuff is just craziness. I mean, (laughs) literally. It's just the weird they had Kellyanne Conway on and they were just talking about what are they talking about? The uh, she was talking about how people are afraid to make the sign of the cross at dinner or something now. I'm like, what are you talking? First of all, as you know, I'm you know, my mom was Cuban. So like Catholics especially from Latin America we cheer when the plane lands yeah. <laughs> we, we praise the Virgin Mary before we eat right. <laughs> so like, what is she talking about it's so nutty it just it literally is just insane and and now listen I I I I talk to people who will say to me I've heard that New York City is basically a war zone and I'm like literally live in Harlem <laughs> <laughs> the subway. It's fine. It's I got a smoothie today at the shop down the street, right. went grocery shopping and got grilled shrimp. like we're good, you know, right. but people have lost their minds and and obviously they're they're leveraging off of that. but I so I would never say one. I think you have okay. to really be a knowledgeable consumer. One thing that does not work um, I think I know is, the the yelling congressman, right? Like this guy's on the far left, and this one's on the far right, and we're going to spend the next four and a half minutes yelling at each other, and then I'm going to say, gentlemen, we got to leave it there. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're this is, you because we love I mean, to
0: we love to have more time with both of you guys. So spirited, but we're going to have to yeah, leave it we'll there. We'll see you
2: next time. Thanks for joining. You know? and it's just such a beast. We started doing our show, matter of fact, where we were like, we're actually going to educate people like Mm -hmm. that's the we have a mission of the show. And if you lie, you don't get on. We don't even have a lot of politicians on like this idea that politicians must be the center of a story is just not accurate. Mm. You can explain what is happening to people. You don't need to have booked some random congressman from the state of Florida. I promise you, it's not helping your ratings. It's just stupidity. And so, you know, I think just rethinking what, you know, how you're getting information and then being able to be very knowledgeable. The thing I always tell people and I'm on Twitter is like, what is the framing? Ask yourself all the time. So how is this framed? Is this framed like, wow, sounds like the police department wrote this entire story, Right. right? Like there are great reporters everywhere and there are terrible reporters everywhere. And so you just have to say, like, let me be a good consumer, yeah, you know, of news. You know, I, I've had friends who will say to me, you know, the only place to get a great, you know, get great jackets is such and such really expensive, fancy store. And you're like, no, there's lots of places that have great stuff. You just have to be able to find it. and search for it and know the tricks to finding something good. And there are lots of places that are expensive that have a lot of crap, you know, and and understanding how to navigate that is a very good skill if you're a consumer of of news. But to me, it's what is the framing? Why? How is the story framed? And what can we learn about the journalists by looking at through their frame? Why do they always, you know, um, give the benefit of the doubt to Jared Kushner? Why do they always give the benefit of the doubt To the police, why is everything kind of from this point of view? Who's considered the bad guy in their telling? Who's considered the good guy always in their telling? People are pretty consistent, has been my experience. So that's all. I think people should just be good consumers and read everything. There's Mm. lots of good information. I wouldn't tell you not to watch stuff. I mean, I think Fox is kind of crazy, but it's good to know what your neighbors are watching.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: On the flip end, then you said that the business
1: has changed and it has. When it comes to modern journalism, how can it be
2: improved? Oh my God. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, for, I, I think it's a real mistake to put people on who lie. If you lie to me, like if I come on your show and at the end you're like, Oh my God, every single thing she said was just untrue. You would never have me on again. Right. You'd be like, wow, that was just, we're not doing that again. And, and that's, and you wouldn't have a person in your home who's dishonest. Like it just, it's crazy to me that news organizations and journalists will interview someone who's clearly lying to them and then move on and say, thank you very much, and invite them back. They should not come back. It's, it, it's, it's such a sign of disrespect to be lied to. And the few times I've been lied to, I just don't have people back in. So that would be my very first thing. Also, I mean, again, on Matter of Fact, our syndicated show that usually airs on Saturdays or Sundays, we, our mission is to educate people. So we're just never going to have people scream at each other. If there's an issue, we're like, so why is housing so expensive? So explain to me what is happening with gas? How do you figure out health care? Like, let's answer this question for everybody. And what you end up finding is that you're much less partisan in your delivery because you're trying to solve a problem. You know, I have no idea of half the people I'm interviewing. I don't know if they're Republicans or Democrats or independent. I have no idea because we're talking about insulin and how can you get it? especially if you only make $40,000 a year or $50,000 a year, right? Like we're not talking about, tell me you're angry and you're outraged at such and such. I, I don't care. I want to hear, how do we solve this problem? And how do we get here? And I think when you have a mission of educating people, you know what our biggest show was? So our show, matter of fact, does really well. And we we beat everything on, on cable, CNN. I mean, by a zillion <laughs> <laughs> <Top> <laughs> just, just, yeah. well, literally i mean not I just i mean i'm just being factual and you know so sometimes they would talk a lot about their viewership but like we have literally millions of people and our, our audience is younger and more diverse as well mm-hmm. our biggest show has been looking at the grid in puerto rico and how people who are building solar or themselves were working to figure out how to like work outside of the grid system which is terrible could you imagine going into a newsroom being like, "Okay, guys, whoa, big story. I think we should cover <laughs> <laughs> the grid in Puerto Rico, and yeah. how do you get solar for your home?" Right. But that's been our biggest show. Wow. The, wow. the second one was which, uh, so that's two million people who watch that. By the way, CNN wished they had two million people watching <laughs> um, The biggest show, or the second biggest show, was a show that focused on the border, where we literally talked to people who are living on the border, and what you find is they're much more nuanced and smart about what's happening on the border whether they're republicans democrats independents right like because they live it and they think everybody in dc who's talking about the border as an issue is an idiot because they're just like like they think about the border they they like mexicans who come in the country across the bridge to buy things right they are they are customers so this idea of like oh mexico bad is is embarrassingly stupid it's just not accurate And so, you know, what we decided we would do was to dig into stories and really try to understand them with the people who are in it, as opposed to an elected official who often is not really there to help understand, but talk, you know, there's a political reason behind why they're there. They politicize, obviously, pretty much everything. And it's been very good for us. It's been good for our ratings. And We've tried to help people understand you know, what is the First Amendment? What is gerrymandering? We keep talking about it, but what is it? Is it good? Is it bad? Who, who does it? Why? Why is it called that? That's kind of a weird name. You know, all these are shows that we've done that help people understand the political process versus, you know, uh, Bob Jones is a congressman from here. And Sue Smith is a congresswoman from here. And they're going to fight it out over the next five minutes, Yeah, which is not useful, I don't think.
0: Mm. Wow, fantastic. So, Ledad O'Brien, the show as a matter of fact. It is syndicated, so I'm assuming you have to check your local listings for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the Rebellious Life of Rosa Parks is the documentary. I was going to ask you a question that I asked on the podcast one time. It's like a very controversial one, got to go, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't okay. think we're going to vo- go. Yeah, do it. Go
3: ahead. You want to do it? Yeah.
0: Soledad, this was very controversial. It was. Okay. That's okay. We were I'm, just I'm having so fun when we did this. So, this is one got to go. Soledad O'Brien's going to answer this question. Four civil rights leaders. You have to take away one and all their accomplishments. Okay. Well, not four civil rights leaders, four black leaders. These are the four black leaders Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., Barack Obama, and Rosa Parks.
3: Mm.
0: One gotta go. Look at Solad. Look at Solad, she's thinking. It's 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 controversial, it's stupid, it's divisive. What is your answer, Soledad O'Brien?
2: Listen, I don't think you get a Barack Obama without the other three. How do you get a Barack Obama without the other three? <sighs> You, you feel vindicated? You feel vindicated, man? I Do don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I, 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 you I, see I, his hands up in the air? I, literally, <laughs> you're, you're literally picking people from like the 1950s and then jumping to the 2000s. So no, I, I don't even think that's a good question because it's like. He's <laughs> 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 always tell people like, too hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> too hypothetical. Too hypothetical. Like just, I mean, yeah. Pick a fourth person from the era. Dr. K, the, Barack Obama would not exist, and by the way, I believe he'd be the first person to tell you that. Right? I think like, he would too. I, I think if he were sitting there, he'd be like, "I literally take me out of the mix. Because <laughs> without them, without them, I do not get to be in the role I'm in. So, like, I'm good. Uh, I, I think he would say that. So, yeah, no, I, I think, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to you know, those are people who's, you know, as, as cheesy as I think it sometimes is to say that you know our lives are built on their shoulders Absolutely. and their shoulders of a lot of loss, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assassinated, assassinated, utterly forgotten and her her story, you know, historically inaccurate for lots and lots of school children. So they paid a big giant all of them paid a massive cost so yeah. that Barack Obama could be president one day and i think we're you know obviously feeling the backlash of that presidency and also the backlash to dr king and rosa parks and
0: yeah.
2: welcome x today
0: mm. uh so awesome to have you on so that yes. like literally thank when you I for said having it, me
2: thank you for telling everybody can i just remind everybody october 19th is when our um our documentary streams on mm-hmm. peacock so i hope everybody will check it out october Absolutely. 19th
0: on peacock i love peacock I like to watch Amber Ruffin on Peacock. Yeah, awesome. So uh, I can't wait to see it. Soledad O'Brien, thank you for joining us today on Higher Learning. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. You bet.
0: All right. Bye-bye. All right. Did you see this situation with the fish? I hate that we're doing this story after Soledad. (laughs) I love the story. Soledad O'Brien was great, but we have to talk about
1: Yes, I saw it. Why White on white violence.
0: <laughs> you guys. Ohio Fishing Tournament. The fishing world has been rocked. And by the way, I <laughs> love competitive bass fishing. Okay. Dog, let me tell you something. During the pandemic, when I was really, really, really going through my depression, mm-hmm. do you know one of the things that I watched to bring me out of it? Bass Masters. Really? You... Th- Competitive bass fishing is one of the things that I watch. It was just
1: so- what is it about it? I don't know. It's I'm not familiar so with this
0: world. Soothing, first of all, it's all naturey. You go to different places, right? You go, you get learn about all of these different lakes, these lakes you lakes you don't know about, right? Okay. Today on Bass Meisters, <laughs> we're gonna tear up Georgia. We're in Diamond Head Lake, right outside of Savannah. This beautiful 15-acre pond has some of the best big bass fishing in the world. If you can get around the reeds and you know where to get them. Number one in the world, Simon McGillicuddy is looking for another <laughs> championship. He's got his reel. He's got his gloves. We're ready to go. Hitting up Georgia Bassmaster style. like you, like you, you, And they do it all over Georgia. Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi. They go to these places. No idea. And you get to see all of these guys in their element catching fish. Some guys are, it's a talent, man. Some guys, they know where the fish are at. They're like fish whisperers. And other guys just can get out there so quick and they can do it. So I love to watch it. Tell you something. $29,000 was on the line at the Ohio Fishing Tournament They were going to win these guys. This was the Lake Erie Walleye Walleye Trail Tournament. He was suspicious. Um, Jason Fisher, the director of this tournament, when one team's fish weighed almost twice the expected amount. (laughs) The walleye in the bucket looked like they should have weighed around four pounds, but total weight was seven pounds. I can also hear the crowd grumbling like, there's no way, there's no way. I physically felt the fish, and I could feel hard objects inside the fish. The viral, the videos are viral now when Jacob Runyon, all right, stood by watching this guy take weights out of the fucking fish. What's going on in Ohio? This is such, I am so outraged. In the, well, you weren't alone. Uh, in the breach of etiquette with the fishing competition here, Jacob Runyon, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself.
1: At least he showed his face. He stayed there while they were showing this, the the lead balls coming out of the fish and the fillets. They had fish fillets inside. I guess that, I don't even seem like that would weigh a lot, but whatever. Inside, maybe they're trying to add the cushion to yeah. the lead ball, right? which obviously didn't work. Listen, I had, I guess competition is competition. I had no idea that so much money,
0: was in fishing oh, that's twenty nine thousand dollars is that's that's not like a big deal
1: is it not no i mean i saw that they said these guys and that's the other reason people were so outraged about this these guys have been winning and winning and winning and there has been a lot of speculation that they've been cheating said they've won hundreds of thousands of dollars i had no idea there yeah. was so much money in this look i understand these people being upset
0: you gotta fucking watch Bassmasters, man.
1: Wait, do we have the audio? Cause I want people yeah, to hear the, how, ang- how angry these folks are.
3: Here's mother, oh, God. Thank God, you folks the i <laughs> <right now. Everybody
2: laughs> right
1: I want
0: you to leave. I don't want anybody to touch these guys. I want to go
3: to jail. You It's
0: amazing. They're mad. <laughs> By the call way, the I, cops. Call the cops. They should call the <laughs> cops. He should go to jail. By the way, I'll have you know that Jason Christie of Park Hill, Oklahoma, won a three-day tournament March 7th. Bassmasters, Bassmaster Classic. Okay. He was five ounces better than second-place finisher Kyle Welcher. How much do you think Jason Christie won? All right.
1: Over three days?
0: Three days, this okay. is in this is in um this is Greenville, this is in Oklahoma.
1: Okay. All well, right.
0: at, wait, he's from Parkville, Oklahoma. This took place at Hook at Lake Hartwell. By presented by Hook at Lake Hartwell. It's Lake Hartwell, Oklahoma. Uh, like whatever it was, I have no clue. How much do you think he won for finishing in first place? Two fifty. Three hundred thousand dollars he won. $300,000 was the purse that he won. Jason Christie of Park Hill, Oklahoma. Okay, $300,000. Here's And that's the classic, right? So this is a breakdown of the classic. Three three $300,000 for first. Um, $50,000 for second. Third is $40,000. Fourth is $30,000. Fifth is $25,000. Thousand. The classic is actually, you know, like one of the biggest tournaments. But still, they're making money out here with these bass, bass on your ass, three hundred thousand
1: bass on
0: your head. <laughs> okay. You don't. But you guys don't like to watch bass fishing, Donnie. Do you like to watch bass fishing on TV? I don't. I haven't aged up to that just yet. <gasps> Go fuck <gasps> yourself, Donnie. <laughs> It's in my picture. I it in my future, but not donnie, yet. Donnie, go. Donnie, fuck I was
1: not expecting wow. that and I loved it.
0: Gee, I've been watching Bassmasters since I was in my 20s, you piece of shit. <laughs> God damn. Man, my dad used to watch this shit. You know what, Donnie? Mute yourself. <laughs> That's, too good. That's actually dope. Um, before we before we leave, I just I do want to I want to play a little bit more sound. Did you see this deconstruction, deconstructing Karen, this new documentary exposing white women's role world, world, in world white supremacy? I just I want to play the sound. It. Donnie, Let's, play the sound play right the here
3: sound. real quick. How many of you would trade places with a black person in this society? Raise your hand.
1: I don't know the answer to that.
3: Well, it's yes or no. How I many, many of you would do it? I
2: know I wouldn't. I mean, I dated I, I a Hispanic very dark No, no, skin I'm not kids, talking about I Hispanic. The question right. is that I was going to have children. So I spent many years thinking of myself of having very dark-skinned children.
3: The well, sure. question is, how many of you would be willing to trade places in this society with a black person? i think i would absolutely absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. okay (laughs) i'm not saying there's not racism absolutely not it's just saying i don't see it yeah but you know how racist this country is. Not to the degree that you do oh no you will never know you know in this country we created the criminalization of black people and when your skin is seen as a weapon You're never unarmed. And that's why black boys and men and women are dying in the street with their hands up.
0: Okay, real quick. I just want to give white people. uh, uh, Because, look, I'll be honest with you. If I was white, I wouldn't want to trade places with black people. You know, I love being black and I would never want to. I don't want to. Rachel. Unless you're Rachel Dolezal. But once again, I stand by it. If everything is if everything is a social construct. Then it could all be subverted. Whatever people didn't understand it, that's fine. I get it. Just me on my little island.
1: Actually, a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people wrote me and totally understood what you were saying. Oh, okay.
0: I didn't really see the reaction, okay. but, but um, but I just know that people in my family didn't like it. But, 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 uh, but look, just don't overdo it. Like I, I would want not just say hey, you know? No, I wouldn't switch places with a black person. Why would I want to switch places with a person that deals with all of this every day? We don't need to know about the Hispanics that you was fucking.
1: Or the dark-skinned children. The dark-skinned
0: children. That's when it goes left. That's what, like you're the fact that you was having sex with a Hispanic brother or that you was going to have dark-skinned children. That don't mean nothing, man. Mm-mm. That's not. A, come on, man. Mm-mm. Just white people just take the easy answer, and even if you're wrong, at least we understand that you was talking your shit. But y'all always complicated by telling us how woke y'all are. Y'all not. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. None of us really are. We all problematic at some point. Y'all not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade places. It's fucked up. What can I do to help? Beyond that, shut the fuck
1: up. You're asking for too much. <laughs> You're asking for too much. <laughs> All right.
0: Take the caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr.
1: And I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys.